0: truly understanding the things that you're in control of and focusing on those things. Because there are people in prison that are probably living a happier, better life than people that have everything or that made it. Welcome to Dope Conversations with Dave Carroll and friends. Despite my early life being filled with trouble, mistakes, and eventually going to prison, I've been able to open up multiple seven-figure businesses and we are reshaping the landscape of how direct mail marketing works for local businesses. In this podcast, we're gonna combine business, life challenges, triumphs, and the decisions that define us. Together, we're gonna elevate your business, enrich your personal journey, or maybe just indulge in some genuine conversations with friends, industry giants, and other thought leaders that I want you to hear more from. Let's fill your cup and dive in. Here we go. All
1: right, welcome back to Dope Conversations with Dave Carroll and friends. So we've gotten to, you've gotten to a bunch of stuff in the first few episodes, and now we're going to kind of get to what you said saved your life, which is prison. I could say I've seen some of those shows where it's like, the top five fights in this prison or whatever. And it just looks like an awful place. And I'm not, obviously you've relived it many times, but talk to me about just the experience. Like, Here's prison. I can explain this very easily. Yeah. Imagine
0: being in the worst neighborhood you've ever been in in your life at the gas station at three in the morning. And just all the things going on there, there's someone fighting, there's like some homeless people over here shooting drugs up, there's violence going on, someone just stole something, like just all. Imagine taking all of that, packing it into a room and living there for four years. That's prison. The noise, the smells, the people, just like all of it. I mean, like there's plenty of normal people in prison too, but there's also like those elements of like the worst of the worst the predators, the whatever. And then the mental health, the sobriety, all the things that so many of these people living a lifestyle that led them there are now coping with and Mm -hmm. going through. I reflect on prison because for me, it was like, dude, I went to prison. It was, I got in trouble. It was three months after my 21st birthday and I'm going to prison that summer. And it was like, I remember the drive up when you first see you're on the bus and you see it. And then it's like, I remember looking at the other people on the bus. There's like younger dudes, like when I was 21, there's older people, there's like all different walks of life with all men, no Mm -hmm. women in prison. But it's like, I remember reflecting on thinking about the guys who at that time I was looking at were like 30 or 40 and like had kids, Mm. had a life, had a job, had these things that they were going away where for me in prison, it was like, life was the rap video, this just led up to it. Like so. When I got in trouble, someone stole from me. I kicked their door in. I hit them with a pistol. Their friend was hiding in the closet. I ended up getting stabbed four times, dropped my gun, got hit with my own gun. So I'm knife proof. I figured that out that night. Four in one sitting. If you ever get in a knife fight, I can help Mm -hmm. you out. But in all seriousness, it's like I go through all of that. I'm in that house. I get banged up. And then it was like I had an opportunity with the prosecutor because there were three other guys in the house with me. I could have taken eight years and taken one felony, four years with four felonies, or I could have taken a year a day in the workhouse, told on the guys who was in the house with me because the prosecutor didn't believe the little- boys. Yeah, my boys. The prosecutor was like, little 21-year-old Dave was not the mastermind or the ringleader when I was behind this whole shit. (laughs) And it was like, I ended up taking, I took the four years and the four felonies. And so my street cred kept going up. I didn't tell. I held it down. I did the whole, exactly. And it was like, when I got in there, you know, people are like, you're a fucking little pretty boy white kid in there or whatever. People are like looking up your number, checking your ID. What are you in here for? I'm not in fucking farm, camp, club, mm-hmm. spa, med, whatever. We're in maximum security prison. And so it's always funny to me looking back when like, you know, people check you in there. Like, what's up? What are you in here for? It's like, man,
1: I got two. What, did you have a plan? This is this is like Fuck guess, no. my own fascination, I guess. Sure. Is, is, did you rehearse in your head like what you were going to say, what you were not going to say? Dude, you're, you're
0: fucking staying up for th- like however long before you go in there watching like that, what was that? The, the show on uh, MSNBC, Locked Up. Yeah. Like I'm watching that shit fucking staying up at night just looking at it because like anyone, you hear about prison, you're like, what's going to happen? Yes. Am I going to get in a fight? Am yeah. I going to get raped? Am I going to yeah. get in like, thankfully, like I saw a lot of shit like that. I had a couple like physical fights, but like as far as like, you see these things going on that you hear about in prison, but just like out in life, dude, if you're a fucking victim, if you're going to get taken advantage of, like that will happen to you in there. If you know how to hold your shit down Mm -hmm. and not get put, I mean, thankfully I had been in positions before where I'm a man, you're a man, like you're not going to take my shit. You're not going to run up on me in the chow line and snatch my cookie. You're not And like People are looking to do that, especially when you go into intake in prison, Mm. like you're around fucking predators. What do predators do? They fucking pray. Yes. And so like the mental preparation, especially as as a kid, I'm 21 going into prison. You don't really know what you're going to get into, but like you kind of like with most things in life, you learn as you imagine like your intake in college or in the military, that fear you had of going to the unknown, of like being put into a situation. It's crazy as it seems, it's the same fucking thing yeah. of when you first got deployed mm-hmm. or when someone went to you know a college out of state and like that uncomfortable feeling, it's that yeah. except like you might get fucking shanked.
1: So when you were talking about noticing the 30 year olds, the 40 year olds, when you're talking about people who'd been in there maybe for murder or yeah. drugs and, and seeing, what was going through your mind when you were observing some of these other people and did it shape anything about you? Like, I mean, everyone goes and says like, I will never come back again or whatever, yeah, but like what when you're looking around, tell me what you were observing from everybody.
0: One thing I picked up on really quickly was like the people that are in there for life, this is their home. Mm-hmm. We're just visiting. Mm-hmm. Like whether I'm in, you know, like I'm going to be in here for four years. The guy down the block from me is going to is 12 years and other guys gets out in a year When you look at the people that had to make that mental change, like they took someone's life, they're here forever. I would look at like, how were those guys doing their time? Mm -hmm. So like, fortunately for me, I wasn't in a spot where I had like family. I didn't have a business. I didn't have a job, a career, like something that I removed myself from that I was dwelling on the Mm -hmm. whole time. My regrets were like, man, everyone's out at the bar right now. I have been doing that for a couple of years. So yeah. it wasn't this thing or everyone's out partying or doing this. Or I had like my first heartbreak was in prison. My first girlfriend that I fell in love with was like messing with this other dude that I knew. Mm-hmm. Similar, we were talking about this off yeah. camera with like the military stuff, very yeah. like similar situation. I think what I saw very quickly is like, man, I'm a hustler. I'm going to find something to do in here to have a life. So I was like, working deals. Like I found like old men with like a knee problem where I'd be like having people send them money to get their pills so I can sell those. There's a funny story. I'd like we had a poker game and it was me, this guy chill who had killed like 30 people, Jeez. the leader of the Latin Kings. And I ended up knowing his cousin from the streets. So there was like already a connection. And then this other guy, his name was Ratface. He was just a horrible human, but us four had like a 6am morning poker game. You get around like humans are humans. And if you give someone enough time, you have to be yourself. My job is I'm just going to believe you. And so what I learned in prison or what I really picked up on is like, it's one thing to be able to understand people who you are, how you read, you know, how you operate and just like get a read on someone from that. It's another thing to like, you know, the evolution that I went through in there is like, Dude, like a lot of times someone like wants something from you or has an agenda sure. or is there like, dude, when you first get into prison and someone sees you got a skyline of St. Paul tattooed on your but I remember this dude was like, yo, what up St. Paul? I'm like, how the fuck you know I'm from St. Paul? And it was just that like, you gotta be on that mentality of just like, you asked me a question. I forgot if it was in the last episode or this one, Rich, but it was like, do you feel like any of the, the stuff that you have in business now comes from mm. your background? Yeah. For me, something that I have to work really hard on still to this day is that natural reaction. Like, Man, what fuck are you talking about? Like, that just, it. like, it, it's in me. And that got me to a point of where I needed to be, but there's other parts of my it life- served, where, It had to serve you there. It right? had to. It can't right now. Not at all. And, there, and there's a time and a place, sure. but it's like understanding that. So when I go back to like the lessons of prison or some of that, I mean, I got a million. This episode could be an hour and yeah. a half or whatever, yeah. but it's like- When I think about some of the lessons, or I look at being 21 years old, like, what did I look at? How do I pick up on? How do I figure out how to like do my time? One of the lessons that I realized in prison that I talk with my wife, my kids, my business associates about is like, you're in control of very few things in the world when it comes down to it. And you don't learn that until you lose anything. We talk about like hitting rock bottom or like understanding, like, what do you really, really have control of when it comes down to it? Yeah. What you have control of is your given reaction to any situation. I can't control what you're going to do, but I can control how I react to it. Mm -hmm. And when you get to that level of like, it's powerlessness, but the true power is in understanding like, what can you truly affect? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, I had to, in that phase of my life, what I consider the most transformational years of a man's life from 20 to 25, like you're out of the home, you're learning about yourself, your relationships. You don't have the support systems that you might've had previously in your life. It goes to like, you know, you get to know yourself very well. And the position I put myself in was very aggressive, adverse, but then I go to my background. Mm -hmm. I was kind of prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of understood how to operate in that way. And so for me, Dude, I got into a routine that was, I don't want to say it was easy, but it was just like, I had my poker game. I had my little hustle. I had like, we were in school. I got into this program that was for people under the age of 25 to get into this machinist apprenticeship program. Cause they were trying to like mm. lower the recidivism rate. So you have to like work with what you have. But when I look back on it, it was just like, one of the biggest lessons for me, when I think about the preparation of that situation, And something that I took from it that I still apply to my life now is like truly understanding the things that you're in control of and focusing on those things. Because there are people in prison that are probably living a happier, better life than people that have everything or that made it. But it's just coming to terms with like that mentality around the things you can control. I think that was a big moment for me. No,
1: I mean, I hate to compare prison to business, but that's exactly how you got to play it. Because I just heard you in between episodes here having conversations and sending voice messages, and it's like something will always go wrong. Layla Hormozi always talks about the conditions of business; like it's completely unpredictable. No matter how many clients you've had before, no matter how many sales you've had before, no matter how much marketing, nothing means it's going to work the next day. Not at all. So let's get back to prison real quick. So you said it saved your life in a previous episode. Yeah. As you're, I don't want to call it in, in in home stretch of your term or anything. Like. What did you, in your mind, say, this is what's changed about me, and the minute I walk out of these doors, this is what life's going to look like?
0: That wasn't it. I went back to the same lifestyle for a year and a half.
1: I didn't get out and was some,
0: like, reformed dude. I came home. There was 20 pounds of herb waiting for me in my mom's house. Street math back there was four grand a pound. That was a gift. I went right back at it. I was in a brand new CTS4 within three weeks getting out. What happened was I got out of prison and I went into a halfway house, like a transitional housing. Mm-hmm. And I was paying the chick a hundred bucks a night to leave the halfway house.
1: The the like owner? chick or... running the halfway house. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I was
0: paying her to leave. And what happened was some guys had snuck out and were like drinking and shit. And I was out with some girls with my, with my mm-hmm. homeboy or whatever. And basically uh, the chick calls me. He's like, Dave, you got to get back here. I can't cover for you tonight. The police are coming to, to get these other guys, but I'm gone. I'm like half an hour away. So I come back, sneak in. They end up watching the cameras get me and then I got sent back to prison. So I did, it was like 35 months and then I had to go back for 11 months.
1: When you're on the way back for the second time. I didn't time. give a
0: fuck. It was like, cause I would, I'd only been out for a month and I remember my mom was really disappointed. My dad was like, I fucking knew this was going to happen. You weren't like, Cause like they were talking to me while I was getting out and I was already kind of like, I knew what I was up to. I wasn't going to go get a job. I never had a job in my fucking life. I was going to go back to Cali. I got out and was fucking around my buddy, got me a job at a window cleaning company. So I had got like a job at Arby's when I was 15 for like a week. They fired me for putting a mozzarella stick in the deep fryer because you had to be like 16 to do that. But I was hungry. <laughs> Dave, and, come on. Yeah, man. I know, right? Exactly, Mr. Fucking <laughs> Rule on, Follower man. over here. Get it together. And then when I tried to get an apartment while I was 18, I came in with cash for the year and they were like, the fuck are you doing? You, we need pay
1: stubs. Jesse.
0: So I, <laughs> I walk <laughs> <breaking> out. <laughs> yeah, Exactly, I walk <laughs> out and I see across the street there's a hiring sign at a gas station. So I got a job at a gas station for two pay periods. And then got fired from that quick because I didn't like showing up. Mm. But I got the apartment and then I didn't have a job until when I got out and I was at that halfway house. I got a job at a window cleaning company. And that's for another story for another. I I own a window cleaning company today. (laughs) It was the first business I ever started. In that time... Man, I was still like, it was It was almost worse. It goes into that like, my mentality, I was just sharpening my skills about what I was gonna do. And I was like, literally got out of prison. I was like, I'm just gonna be better at this. Like uh, my notebooks of, from being in the end of prison are like drug math of how I'm gonna like get 100,000. <sighs> Why did, I, what the fuck else did I know? I mean, like I, I've, yeah. I've reflected on that. I yeah. go back and I'm just like, okay. It wasn't some like, I'm gonna go to school. I'm gonna get a job. I was talking to dudes like towards the end of my sentence who were like heavily into transporting, just getting tips around like what, like I met a dude who was like running semi-trucks, another dude that was doing shit with like boxes and shit.
1: Like legit transporting or transporting a drug? No, drugs. I got it. All drugs. Like
0: I had the intention to get out, to like get back to having a couple hundred grand in cash. I got violated, I had to go back for a year. And then I got out and I only Any, had
1: anything change in that year when you were in there. No, fuck no. You were same just like shit.
0: I went back. I met uh, like some other dudes were in there that had violated. I made some other connections. With I literally dudes.
1: saw you just go back in your memory, bro. It was like, yeah, <laughs> it
0: was like crazy. I just
1: saw you go back. Like the I have
0: dudes that I got tighter with on my violation that I still know to this day that are still in that lifestyle. One of them just got my boy. Mike just got out of the feds. What happened to me was I got out. I went back to the same shit for about 18 months and then took another couple really hard losses, had some bad, bad personal shit happen. Anything you want to talk about? Maybe in another episode, like I lost a friend and then I also like made some really bad financial decisions and it was similar, couple hundred grand lost. And it goes into that sobriety, like getting sick and tired of being sick and tired type of thing. And so what happened was I got raided at another like townhouse that we had and my wife took a gun charge for me like we're past statute of limitations, I can talk about that now. Mm-hmm. But like, she owned a firearm, and the police came into this townhouse, and there was like fourteen pounds of herb. There was some coke. There was a gun, and they were basically like, "We know it's him." And Barin was pregnant with Adea with our daughter now. Hey. And uh, a felon in possession of a firearm is automatic five years, sixty months. And me and Barin worked out a deal with, with the attorneys, where uh, she ended up taking that. That Good case. lord. Yeah, bro, it was, it was fucking crazy. Wow. That was the turning point for us. I had opened my cleaning company I had gotten into that stuff, but had never taken it seriously. Like it was just like having it there
1: or whatever. Cleaning company, and we gotta get into that, but like yeah. in addition to what you were doing on the drugs. Yeah,
0: but it was just like, we opened a business because I knew I wanted to like open a company. I was like mentally in a spot, but like we weren't like doing any work. I wasn't like like laundering money or anything like crazy like that. But it was more like I had started this company. I went and got a tax ID. But like, we didn't really know what to do with it. Cause had had a Why? job at the window cleaning company yeah. before it was all I knew. I knew I wanted to do something else, but it's like that, I forgot what movie this is in, but it's like, this guy talks about like, you're taking actions and you're doing things, but you're like watching yourself do things that you don't want to do or that you're not <laughs> proud of type of thing. Yeah. And so like, when I got out, it was just like back to the road for 18 months. And then a bunch of bad decisions, some other stuff that I wasn't really in control of happened. And it was just like, I looked at Brynn and I was like, are we going to keep doing this? Are we going to take a shot at this other life that neither of us know anything about at all? Mm. Like my wife, dude, my wife's got a harder background than I ever had. Like Mm -hmm. she was abused, got heavy into drugs. Mm -hmm. Me and my wife are a walking cliche, dude. I met my wife at a strip club Mm -hmm. two months after I got out of prison. Mm. And like we've been together 14 years. Dang. And I have five kids. We're so fucking blessed and yeah. so fortunate. So like, like, we all, you know, we talk about like, yeah, dude, I got fucking stabbed a bunch of times. I should be dead. I was in prison. I fucking have been through as much crazy shit. Not been through, put myself through as much crazy adverse things as you, anyone has ever seen in the movies, the stuff, the all of it, like everything. And when I look back and I reflect on just like, you know, the decisions I've made, how thankful I am. Mm. Just be like sitting in this seat right now. Yeah. Like like, sitting here in this business, having, you know, a hundred employees, people that depend on me, like being able to take something from where we've been. We are so, so fortunate to just be able to talk and share about this. But what's fascinating when you go through adversity in your life, it's not that like year, two years, three years after when you think about it, it's that fucking- Five years later, seven years later, 10 years later. So, man, like I got out of prison when I was 25. I'm 30. I I turned 38 this year. This was 13 years ago when I got out. And so even like you had just said it, like, dude, there'll be times where we're talking here where I just am kind of like.
1: I saw it, man. Yeah. So we're going to get into the business in the next episode. But like wrapping up on this one. Yeah. Talk to me about being in prison being out of prison, anything you learned work ethic wise. And I hate to like say it like this, but like customer service wise, you were talking about your reads on people. Uh Like what are some of the things that you learned that you're like, I softly or maybe loosely apply that now, or maybe it directly correlates to to how you operate.
0: So a buzzword right now for the past year, it's like EQ, emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence. I feel like that's what was really sharpened because like perception outweighs reality. But a first impression lasts forever. Mm. And this, is, this means like if you look in business and someone's been open for 30 years, is killing it, is out here, the biggest company, whatever, you can still do a version of what they're doing. If you show up and you're well-spoken, dressed to the part, looking at the stuff, like all that, what I learned is that what you perceive is as real as you make it. And so the sh- the skills that I sharpened, that tool that I was able to put in my belt when I really reflect on the things that I learned in those years of my life, I understood to trust my gut. I understood my read on something is like, either I'm right and that's fine, or I'm wrong, but I can trust myself enough to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Because if I can own the fact that I made a poor decision, We're going into business. We're talking. I'm like, man, something's fucking off here. And then like a couple months later, it goes by and and there's bad things. It's like, it's not the, oh, fuck, I should have. It's like, when you feel secure enough in yourself to have the intuition and have the confidence to trust yourself, it's like, when you're in prison, all you have is yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could have like your homies, that like they have a bunch of gang stuff in there. They have a bunch of little like groups and clicks and stuff like that. But it's more like, what I was able to observe, or the skills that I sharpened was like, I can be a chameleon. You can put me in the hood. You can put me in a board meeting. You can put me in, a, in the college dorms. You can put me at athletes. You can put me, like w- w- any of it. And I learned how to adapt to any given situation through transparency, mm. through being myself. In those transformational years that I talk about, I got to know myself in that time, in a place that just a lot of people don't put themselves in that situation. The time that you spend by yourself in prison, yeah, there's the the stuff, the activities, the school, the yard, the things, but like that time you have alone in your cell, you get to know yourself. And I didn't know I was going through that Mm. while that was happening, but what came from it is like, I pride myself on being the most transparent, open person you've ever met in your life. Not because that's what I'm out to do, that's all I know how to do. Mm-hmm. And so when it's me and you, it's me and my wife, it's me and the kids at a family thing, it's me, who it doesn't matter, I know myself well enough that you're gonna get a version of me all the time. So when I say chameleon, I know how to adapt to a situation based on the people that are there. Yes while still being true enough to myself. I think that's been one of the things that I've been able to do in business that I got from prison is understand the communication, but give someone the confidence enough that like, you're getting me. yes. Whatever deal we do here, this is how I'm gonna operate. This is how I'm gonna communicate. And it gives people that security that I've
1: always wanted to give people because I never had it in my life. It's funny you say this. I, I think it's exhausting to be any other way, right? <sighs> so if you need to put veneer on who you are, so I know what you're saying about blending into certain situations, but it's not coming from a place of faking it till you make exactly. it. Exactly. It's, it's just like, it's true. You're just like, I know my audience, this is how i going to be in this board meeting or whatever. Yeah. But the other thing is that if we call it a vibe check with our business, right? Yep. So it's like, they could meet all the qualifications, they could afford it, they make content or blah 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 blah. Yeah. But there's like the vibe check, right? Yeah, can we own the L later if in a couple of months it doesn't work out and just be like, it's my L. Yeah, no one else's L, right? I think that's really interesting and and dynamic and that you you learn that. But that's probably one of the most difficult business skills is to learn how to be transparent, just generally. Yeah. But if you are, then no one could ever lose trust because you've been the same way the whole freaking time. Exactly. And as long as <laughs> go back to You
0: tell the truth. You're honest. You do what you say you're gonna do. You don't collect the check until the work is done. Mm. And like me and my wife were just at the Drake show last week down (laughs) in Phoenix. We go to concerts for our birthday. It was her birthday. We went and saw Drake front row, amazing show. But one thing he said at the end, he's like, people look at me and they think I'm success, but you don't know what other people next to you are going through or how that works. His message at the end of the show was like, dude, just don't be a piece of shit. (laughs) <laughs> Just be a good fucking person. Yeah. And then if you lead with empathy, compassion, love, it doesn't excuse your bad characteristics, or your bad habits, but like there are times someone's got to love you to even like you. And so if you can show who you are and surround yourself with people that'll take you for your faults, that'll take you for your transparency, but that allow you to be yourself. And now you throw some growth on top of that shit. Now you throw in showing that like, You're working towards being a better person. This applies to any business. Show up, do what the fuck you say you're gonna do and don't get paid till you're done. If you're transparent through your communication, you could have something go wrong. You could have bad things happen. Communication could get broken. A job could get fucked up. Something could go bad. If you just stand behind your word and that's what I've done my whole life, doesn't matter. Money promises, relationships, any of it. Like I'm a man of my fucking word. A man's gotta have a code. And something I pride myself on is like, I'm gonna do what I tell you I'm gonna do. I'm gonna die behind that. I'm gonna die behind what I feel inspired by, what I feel passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about like my path, the high schools, the prisons, the jerk, like all of that stuff, what got me here today is like, just being a man of my word, Mm. just doing what I say I'm gonna do, showing up. The only thing you can't do is outwork me. That's it. Like, I'm going to get to where I want to go. And it's like, you just got to understand, like, I know that there are times in my life where I've been hard on myself about my decisions, about the things I put my family through, about the things that I put myself through. Like, Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to it, like, I'm so thankful that I was able to stay true to myself the Mm -hmm. whole time, the whole entire time. And that's where I go to regrets. I don't regret any of the shit that I've done some bad shit. Are there things that I would take back? for sure mm-hmm. but when I change anything because no, it got me to where I'm at today
1: join us in dope conversations next week where we're going to be talking about that tax ID you were working it and you just decided I'm going to open a fucking window cleaning company <laughs> Still and we're going to dive into all time. that next yep. time thank you for tuning in to dope
0: conversations with me Dave Carroll and my incredible friends from the depths of adversity to the peaks of success, we've journeyed through the intricate tapestry of business and life. Remember, every challenged face is an opportunity to redefine ourselves. As we close, reflect on the insights shared and considered how you can elevate your business and your personal journey. And until next time, keep your cup full and stay dope.